Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today, we're going to talk about an upcoming sports-based conference. It's to prevent catastrophic injury among second secondary school athletes and I think this is a really good thing so if you've got kids playing high school sports or maybe if your children are in uh, private schools then you want to tune in and joining us today is Kara Burke she is with Mississippi Athletic Trainers Association as the president and she is the president this year and Rebecca Stern she's with the Corey Stringer uh, Institute which is helping put this on out of Connecticut so welcome ladies hi Hi. So, Kara, I'm going to start with you because, you know, this is a good thing that we're talking about it, but maybe Mississippi doesn't rank the best when it comes to our efforts to prevent these kinds of injuries. So from your perspective as the president for the Mississippi Athletic Trainers Association, tell us kind of how you feel, how y'all see this. Well, one of the things that we um, want to do is keep our athletes safe playing sports um, throughout the state. We some schools are, have the luxury of employing or receiving services of an athletic trainer that are out and about just steadily watching the game, talking with athletes, making sure that they're making wise, healthy decisions, working with coaches and helping guide them on what they can do to uh, keep athletes, let's say, well hydrated, good nutrition, good exercise programs. Uh, good time for breaks when we're talking about heat climate, how uh, athletes should hit properly to prevent um, C-spine injuries, um, what to look for, making sure all athletes have physical exams and look for those heart conditions that um, normally can go undetected. And sometimes they still do, but uh, there are means and doctors out there that can detect most of the common things. Um, so, importantly, we want to make sure those things happen. Uh, unfortunately, Mississippi falls 47th in the nation of being prepared for these things. I believe with the uh, we work with the Mississippi High School Activities Association uh, as part of the Sports Notes and Advisory Committee, and we have a great deal of these things in place. Um, we just don't do the best job of promoting these rules and policies, and we want to work towards making those uh, more transparent, uh, so everybody can follow the best guidance uh, to keep athletes safe. Um, 
the private school and recreational sports really hasn't followed uh, that much suit, and we want to encourage them to join a board and create rules and regulations, policies that do keep athletes from uh, experience and families from experiencing catastrophic preventable uh, conditions. I had mentioned, Kara, I said high school students, which they would fall under the jurisdiction of the Mississippi Athletic Association. So you're talking about recreational, so you're talking more of like your community-based sports or your travel ball or those type of uh, recreations that maybe not fall under the same sanctions that our high schools would. Is that correct? That is correct. We, uh, a few years ago, established a concussion law and uh, to for coaches with uh, secondary school athletes that see signs of concussion to pull those athletes out. One thing we try to do is add a little bit of uh, training for recreational sports. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but we really would like to see recreational sports uh, go through some training of recognizing concussions because that can be a deadly situation. Um, but, you know, these are just little pebbles of things that we need to see happen and grow and by bringing uh, stakeholders together to talk about the issues. Maybe one day we can see those changes happen. So, Rebecca, you're with the Corey Stringer Institute out of Connecticut. I bet y'all are colder than we are up there. <laughs> Although we've been pretty cold this week, though, Rebecca. So, I don't know. We may can go toe-to-toe for you. But how do you guys fit into to all of this down here in Mississippi? Yes. So, um, so the Corey Stringer Institute was actually founded in 2010. As part of our mission, we aim to not only enhance performance, but also safety for the athlete, warfighter, and laborer. And so we really do focus on the top causes of catastrophic injury and and those injuries that can be potentially life-threatening. And so one of the programs that we have, and we started back in 2018, was this Team Up for Sports Safety Initiative, and we call it TUFS. And it is sponsored through the National Athletic Trainers Association as well as the NFL And that sponsorship has allowed us to go state to state to collaborate and gather stakeholders responsible for either the execution and creation of policy that governs high school sport or the stakeholder groups that are kind of like the end user or those that are impacted by this. Because with TUFS, the the real goal of this program is to ultimately propel the adoption of policies that are proven to reduce related deaths in high school forward. And, and then we want to see that, you know, sooner rather than later. The, the, the idea is we, we know that these um, catastrophic injuries happen and they will continue to occur until we can put some of these safety guidelines in place that we have shown to be really effective at reducing catastrophic injuries. So those four topic areas that I alluded to, the four top causes of sudden death, um, that make up 90% of the cases that we see are cardiac arrest, head injuries, exertional heat stroke, and something called exertional sickling. Just those four conditions alone make up 90% of the um, high school sport-related deaths. So we really do try to focus in on those because we feel it's the most effective use of our time. And, um, and we have some uh, policies that we pull from best practice statements like the NATA's uh, preventing sudden death in sports statement that helped to guide those efforts. And so, so we really try to gather the stakeholders within each state, pull them together and try to support them as best we can to identify a path forward for some of these policies that are life saving. 
Kara, this is happening January the 22nd there at the MHSAA's main office in Clinton. Who all will be coming together? I mean, is there room for, you know, concerned coaches or anybody else? Or is this a very sort of selected group that you guys already have to come sort of hear this information? We reached out to a, a variety of stakeholders from legislators, superintendents, principals, coaches, um, you know, some people are available, some with us being a legislative session, they have some obligations. We've got a lot of representation um, from different parts of the state, doctors included, athlete trainers included, uh, that will be coming in, being a voice for the state. Uh, you, Ms. Rebecca will kind of kept us with a um, a small group in the sense of 30 to 40 people in a room so we can have productive conversation. We definitely want to hear from um, concerned coaches. I couldn't see anybody, coaches, parents, all of that, or even stakeholders being against, uh, Rebecca, being against any of these policies that would keep kids safer. Is it more of just not knowing the data or knowing how to turn it into a quality policy, or are there other roadblocks that states have come up against from keeping this type of of recommendations from moving throughout the system? Yeah, that's a great question. And so I think, um, you know, we've been doing this work since 2018, and so the good news from the years that we've seen um, now from progress from some of these meetings is that there's a lot of upward mobility, and we're seeing a lot of positive progress. So I do think... Um, a lot of the solution simply comes from being able to really efficiently deliver some of this information, um, making it consumable and really easily applicable and adoptable for these stakeholder groups. So that's really what we're trying to do is just make it easier um, because cause clearly, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of responsibilities that these uh, stakeholders and organizations have outside of just focusing on catastrophic injury and, um, in sport. And so um, we hope that as the kind of the content area experts bringing that information, resources, tools, and making it as easy as possible will help facilitate that adoption. And that's really kind of what we've seen. And of course, there's going to be natural barriers to some of the items, but um, Mississippi is going to be the 38th state that we've visited. And so um, the great news about that is that we've seen it done 37 other different ways. And a lot of those successes are things that we think can help Mississippi. Well, I think anytime we can put in just at least recommendations or policies that's going to help keep our kids safe, particularly as we have summers that were hot as last summer or you have winters as cold as this winter or whatever it may be, um, it's definitely a good thing. Can you ladies hang on? Because, Kara, I want I want to ask you something about what parents can they do to be part of the solution as they, you know, choose to feed or hydrate or whatever their children. Can you guys hold on? Yeah. All right. Yeah. We got more with the ladies coming up next. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't do it. Be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm not worried. I'm happy. Beat. 
positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also stream us from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. We're continuing our conversation with some ladies talking about an upcoming sports-based conference. They're hoping to help prevent injury among secondary school athletes here in Mississippi. And I think this is definitely a good thing. And we've got the president of the Mississippi Athletic Trainers Association, Ms. Kira, as well as the Corey Stringer Institute out of Connecticut, Rebecca. That's a mouthful. But it's important to know who you guys are are sort of representing. And Kira, sometimes there is this idea that there is a level of responsibility that is assumed when playing sports, particularly contact sports or anything that may could lead to a concussion. And I think while that's true, let's address also why it's important that when we know better, we can do better to help sort of prevent or curve any of these occurrences with children, particularly under the age of 18. Yes, there are uh a variety of things that we can do to kind of curb any of these catastrophic injuries from happening. It, it just comes, it can solely come from education and making those right decisions. Also by having those adults in place that can supervise, uh, monitor, uh, prepare our athletes for what they can prevent. There are so many uh, techniques that can be taught to athletes to avoid um, making something bad. Sure, we can sprain an ankle. Sure, there can be a shoulder issue. But what we don't need is to have headlines of a death that has happened and it be something that could be preventable. Um, so that's the important thing. And we do need to look at our parents being advocates and working with the school districts, working with uh, school associations to try to establish those rules uh, by saying, these are concerns, um, what is in place, and how is your staff prepared to handle those things uh, to prevent um, my child or my a child on the team from being a statistic. Talk about the AED requirements now, and this may be a question for Rebecca or Kara, whichever one. Explain that to me in terms of requirement. Is it required for the state for one to be in certain places? And maybe we haven't made it there yet uh, due to just funds or availability or whatever it may be. Or is there is it more loosely translated as an AED requirement? In the state of Mississippi, uh, there is no mandated requirement that an AED is present at the schools. However, it's strongly, strongly recommended uh, we have had uh, athletes over the years uh, die because they, an AED was not present. Um, we do know that that is the key element to any cardiac arrest is that quick activation of the AED. Um, having it within a two-minute walk uh, is the recommended thing. Now, I will say that last year in legislation, there was uh, approval for funding uh, it is application based to the Department of Health for schools to obtain an AED. The problem of mandating it for all schools is still a very pricey device. You're talking about a device that's 900 uh, to upper $1,000 to get one. So that can really 
uh, strap a small school on deciding what to invest their monies in um, the classroom or this one device when they can call 911 and, and they come. Uh, but I think that as it becomes more affordable, as those grants are becoming more available, schools do need to make it a priority to at least have one on their campus. Um yeah, it would but help it, save it, lives, it, but you can understand the roadblocks to that. And I think, again, just a little education. You never know when you may have a PTO group or a mom or parents or caregivers group that may get together and figure out a way to make that available once they're given the information um, to do that. It may not always have to necessarily go the policy route. But speaking of, like, the parents and maybe the coaches, I'm looking back or thinking about this recreational sports. Again, that's not necessarily connected to high school. That's going to be your tournament balls. That's going to be your, you know, your rec league those type of things there's a lot that that parents can do just to be aware or be um, CPR trained or certified like I feel like sometimes we can we can help absorb some of this without it having to always be you know the mandated sort of route so for parents listening Mm -hmm. what's some of the information that you wish they all you know just took to heart if they've got their own athletes out there I think you've nailed one very important one. Go and get training. Get CPR certified. Go take first aid courses. Um, you know, it's, we could try to rely on somebody else to do it, but if a parent uh, wants to do everything, because they, it's like you said earlier, it's inevitable. Injuries are going to happen. That sprained ankle, that they could fall out and uh, go into a heat exhaustion. Knowing what to do quickly, knowing what to do, not pulling out your phone and Googling what to do, knowing what to do immediately is so important. Um, so for them to go and do that training would be absolutely the best thing they can do for their child and for those players on the team. And those courses are available all over the state of Mississippi. And I think that's something we can be proactive with. I mean, you know, if you're a student athlete is playing three and four games in a row, two and three days at a time, how the heat and all that can be. I mean, it would just be a little safety net, a couple hours for a course or a class. You just have that little bit of protection and not necessarily waiting on a mandate to come down or the coaches to always have to do it or that way. I think if you've got student athletes, you can be proactive in that way, um, especially if it's something that weighs on your heart. The other part, though, too, it feels like uh, more and more information is coming out on how to protect our athletes throughout the summer. And I know I hear it all the time. Um, you know, back in my day, we didn't yada, yada, this, yada, yada, that. Well, you know, we're not back in your day, and it feels like it's hotter outside, okay? And so when we know better, we do better. So something as simple as hydration and fuel, where can parents go to get really good recommendations as we do start to move back into spring football, I mean, spring baseball, we're going to start back up summer football. It will be here before we know it, even though it's cold. Um, and, and better know how to encourage their athlete to better take care of themselves. So I think I Rebecca's great at answering yeah. this question. So I would say that um, probably some of the best information you can get, because there is a lot of recommendations out there for hydration, but um, it it really is a individualized uh, factor and because it can depend on the time of year, the athlete, the size of the athlete, the sport, fitness, um, so many different things. And so um, there are some great resources that are openly accessible, and um, I would always uh, recommend starting off with 
um, documents that are published by um, leading sports medicine organizations. So, say, the American College of Sports Medicine or the National Athletic Trainers Association. They have um, published statements that provide best practices and guidance in terms of fluid needs and fluid replacement strategies for athletes. So I would always recommend kind of starting there as those are um, – those are experts in the field um, that have published uh, a document that have been reviewed, reviewed and endorsed by these uh, medical organizations. It's all good information. And I know you guys have a big day coming up on the 22nd. My, my, my math brain tells me I think that's Monday or Tuesday of next week. If anybody's interested in just keeping up with what comes out of that or what's moving forward, is there a way for people to do that? So I think that... Um, the Corey Stringer Institute always um, has, and if people are interested in kind of the specifics, we always um, maintain um, a live repository of the current status for um, health and safety policies for athletes on our website. So anyone can go and click on their state and see kind of what we're looking for and advocating for and the policies in their state. So um, that's updated regularly. Anyone can go on and see that. And so you can see for yourself kind of the progress that states have made and, and um, looking ahead how um, the change is adopted. So um, that's one of the easiest ways, I would say, um, to kind of just uh, keep track of everything and watch watch everything as it as it is propelled forward. Kara, if we got or Kara, if we've got parents, caregivers, coaches, all the above that just, you know, is intrigued and want more information, is there anything that the Mississippi Athletic Trainers Association can provide for them or direct them to? Absolutely. Uh, we have our website, um, MSATA, Mississippi Athletic Trainers Association, dot net. Uh, there are some resources there that can be used. The MHSAA has uh, on their website some documentation of things that they can look out for and they can do. Uh, I agree with the, the sports medicine-based uh, documents out there. They are uh, good resources to go to and make those good decisions. I think also we do better with some face-to-face interaction. So reaching out to a uh, athlete trainer in your community, uh, we are a, a collaboration about 400 athlete trainers in the state of Mississippi uh, that practice. And reaching out to a, a high school or reaching out to the college, they can find you an athlete trainer that can sit down and really we are advocates for a healthy um, uh, participation in sports. So I think if you can reach out to one of the athlete trainers, they can really shed some light on what to look for and what steps can be made to prevent these issues. All good stuff. I appreciate you ladies' time, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys stick with us. we got more good for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
Well, I know it's been so long since we had Tanya in the house to talk movies. I'm so behind. Is that a is that a movie? Uh, that's music? the trailer song for the Jason Statham movie Beekeeper. Ah, Tanya's shaking her head, so you must know exactly what that is. But, lady, you've been busy over the last two weeks. I know. I know what that movie is, but I have not had a chance to see it yet. It was released last weekend up against Mean Girls, and Mean Girls actually beat it. So, girl power. Girl power. Yeah. Mean Girls always get what they want then. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what you you have been away, but you've been to fun things, so catch us up. Yes, so I have been in California, which is like a major shock compared to... really didn't know if I was going to be able to get home because I came back the the Tuesday, this past Tuesday when it was pretty bad outside. But fortunately, we landed. But I left California with capris on and came back to, you know, where you you have to layer up big time. But, yeah, so I got to go to the Critics' Choice Awards. Um, Great event, especially on the heels of the Golden Globes. Um, a lot of the same winners, but we had the better host. Chelsea Handler was our host, and she knocked it out of the park. Um, so it was a great night. I was proud of myself of the 21 Movie Awards because Critics' Choice also honors television uh, work. But I'm in the film branch. Um, of the 21 Film Awards, I got 12 right. So, you know, good. more than half, um, closer to 60%. So, but not just more right. Like, I mean, like they weren't, it wasn't exact. Like you get, y'all get to vote towards that. So you, you collectively agreed with yeah. the majority out as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And uh, Oppenheimer was the big movie winner. Barbie was a big movie winner. One thing that we do that you're not going to see at the Oscars is we have a best picture winner, but then we also have a best comedy winner. And Barbie got comedy. Oppenheimer got picture. Um, and, they won multiple uh, actors, you know, categories. Um, the surprise of the night, I think, overall was best song. Everybody assumed it was going to go to Billie Eilish, and instead, uh, I'm just Ken won. Uh, so that was surprising to everyone involved, I believe. But I was very happy to see that. Um, but yeah, so great night. The big TV winners were Succession, The Bear. Um, both of those did very well. Um, so yeah. Did you get to rub elbows with anybody famous? You know, I didn't really talk to anybody famous, um, just because I'm more of a sit there and freak out inside kind of person. But the bit, the most starstruck I have ever been, Lenny Kravitz was like elbow to elbow. Um, and I oh, cannot I believe had you done a little chicken I, know, I cannot believe <laughs> that I was like laying eyes on him. And then um, also Tom Hiddleston, Loki. Um, I walked right past him and I almost touched him, but I thought, okay, that'll be weird. I so had I did sneak into something. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it was a great night. So excited. I mean, exciting, and I was glad to be a part of it. And um, you know, it's kind of the kickoff. Oscar nominations are coming out on the twenty third. So we're about a week out. So it's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, visiting kind of what we've missed. Before I forget, um, the color purple did not win any awards, but it had several nominations, well deserved. It came out Christmas Day. So I think for some of these earlier shows, some people hadn't seen it yet. So I'm really hoping it is going to get some attention for 
Oscars. Um, and if you have not seen The Color Purple, go see it. It has not done big numbers at the box office, which just shocks me because it's such a good movie. Um, but the one musical that did do great is Mean Girls. Um, and I did get a chance to see it while I was out. Um, and, of course, we all know the original one that came out. I don't even remember what year, uh, it's, but it's been a while. Um, and it was adapted to a Broadway musical. Tina Fey, who we all know and love from SNL, she, um, uh, you know, did the screenplay for the movie. Her real-life husband is a musician. He wrote the music for the stage play uh, musical. And it is now being adapted again back to the big screen. And this movie is so much fun. The music is great. If you love the first one, you're going to love this one. Because they pulled in a lot of the same one-liners and things. Like yeah. They, they the, nodded back to the original. Right. The stuff that we all love, like October 3rd and Fetch, all of that is still in there. Um, and then, you know, Tina Fey and Tim Meadows are back. Uh, recurring, I mean, reprising their roles from the first movie. Um, and then there's a lot of cameos sprinkled throughout that I do not want to spoil because I was pleasantly surprised by many of them. Um, but great talent. These new, um, mean girls are fantastic. Uh, the, the person that kind of stole the show for me is, so Katie is the main character who has just moved to a new school and, you know, she's trying to find her place and quickly learns that the mean girls run things. But this uh, boy and girl best friends kind of take her under their wing. And the boy of that duo is just so fantastic in this movie. He really made me laugh out loud a lot. Uh, but, yeah, so definitely uh, check it out. Even if you didn't see the first one, I think you'll love this one. And it's so well edited. There's not like not one wasted second. And, you know, it just left me wanting more. So that's about as good as you can ask for. What else is out there as it's cold and folks want to? I know you're now we're backtracking just a few yeah. weeks, but what else has been? Well, released? the beekeeper that we talked about earlier, that's it's more of an action type movie. Uh, of course, Jason, that that's what he does. But um it's the story about a woman who her money is taken from her through this you know underground organization or whatever and as a result her distress she commits suicide um this guy is blamed for it and he has to reach out and figure out uh you know once it's determined that she did um take her own life um, this organization uh, decides they're going to go in and they're they're sought after and they're going to go in and figure out who's taking who took the money who committed the crime. So it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah, and a really cool cast. Um, you know, Jason Statham, and then you've got um the guy from The Hunger Games. His name's escaping me. Josh Hutcherson. Yes, thank you. And it's kind of fun to see him. Hey, well, we just saw him in Five Nights at Freddy's, so he's having a pretty good year. Is that still going on? It is. And people are still talking about it. Weird. Uh, <laughs> and then the number three movie for last weekend is another one that you really need to go see in the big screen. This is a great time for people who love musicals. Wonka is still out there. 
Um, and it's, it's, you know, got such beautiful scenery and definitely one you want to see on the big screen. And then one that I've not seen that you, I believe, have seen hadn't migration. Yet. It just, it just hadn't happened, but oh. it's still something we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gotten good reviews. Um, and then rounding out the top 10, you've got anyone but you, which is kind of a rated R, uh, romantic comedy. Uh, Aquaman is still out there. Night Swim, which I will not see. Um, and Boys in the Boat, which is another one that's just kind of gotten lost in the shuffle for some reason. I think people got so busy during the holidays. You've got people that are either going to go to the theater or they're not. And I feel like a lot of, of people chose not to this season for some reason, but it's such a great movie. Um, and the Iron Claw is also out there, which is um, a true story of a wrestling family. Uh, so, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. so a lots, a little bit of something for everybody, really, from the whole family to you know, girls' night out or date night. So, do we have our eyes on a big one? Well, one that I'm like really looking forward to. Um, this, I guess, it's probably going to be. Um, you know, maybe later this year. I'm trying to remember uh, if it got shifted because of everything that went on with the strike. But I'm really excited about the next Sp- Spider-Man, which is really part two, the animated one, the Spider-Verse series. It's really kind of the part two of the second one that we just saw um, out toward the end of last year or last summer. Rhonda, what what's coming out in September? We were talking about on Good Things not too long ago. Oh, that's, you know, it's Friday and it has been yeah. the weirdest week ever. Um, but I there's know. another one I think that we were, anyway, we were discussing that it's a remake of a classic. Yes. Oh, yeah. I have forgotten about that. Like if I say enough words, he'll remember <laughs> about it. So will Michael Keaton be back? Oh, yeah. Everybody's coming back. Oh, wow. We I have not heard about that. accidentally walked into that conversation. So there's always something fun to talk about. But but welcome back. Sorry it's so cold <laughs> for you. you. But it shouldn't it shouldn't warm up. <laughs> I was going to say it should, but it, it's, it's not, not. going to. It's going to be a perfect time to get snug in a bug and watch a movie, whether it's at home or head out to the movies, if it's safe, and do that. So thank you, Tanya. All right. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. 
If you've got the Super Talk app downloaded, you can stream us live there. If you don't, take time to do that. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And, of course, we are on your computer, your mobile device over at Super Talk TV. You can also keep up with everything happening in the presidential primaries by going to supertalk.fm slash elections. You'll get full breakdown of state-by-state results, delegate counts, and more. So that is supertalk.fm slash elections. And it will be November before we know it. And I'll be another year older. That's the only thing exciting happening in November <laughs> this year. I am totally kidding. All right. When it comes to things that you want to sit in and watch when it's cold, like I know the cold weather is headed back. I know if we need to give a little weather update, uh, we can do that. I think things are supposed to be progressing pretty fast over the next 24, 48 hours in terms of. Uh, yeah, it's going to, once the temperature starts dropping as the sun goes down, they're going to keep dropping. And it's not really going to warm up all that much tomorrow, especially in North Mississippi where you still have ice on many roadways and bridges especially. Despite the hard work of the MDOT crews, there are so few of them and so many roads still iced over. So uh, Patience. Yeah. Patience, but if it's that way too, just you know, be on the roads as least as you can. That sounds like a broken record. You guys know that. I have seen uh, reportings too of like local grocery stores. They were already wiped clean from earlier this week and so now from the pre-snow rush from the pre-snow rush and now we've kind of gotten through that we went back to normal schedule for a couple of days and welcome back to mississippi we're going back into one for this weekend if you go out just keep an open mind i mean they haven't had time to restock shelves and well, it's not that they haven't had time it's that a lot of can't. the grocery stores can't restock because the trucks coming to restock are coming out of memphis and memphis is still iced in. so all of the above just roll with it as best as you can, it'll save yourself and others a lot of uh, uh, you know heartache because no amount of getting angry is going to bring bread to the bread aisle anytime. They would love to have it to be able to sell it to you. Let's just sort of put it that way. So be open minded to what your menu will look like um, this upcoming weekend. But you it got, should be in the sixties and seventies by this time next week. Of course it will. <laughs> Woo! There's a roller coaster. I feel like some, there needs to be a gif of something of just this ridiculous weather thing that we are all riding here in Mississippi, so you just might as well hold on tight. Do you have any recommendations for folks that want to stay inside and watch something this weekend? Uh, If you have a a Roku or an Apple TV or a Chromecast or really anything, a smart TV if you got a really fancy one, but any way to, to, to play apps on your TV, I would recommend the Pluto TV app. Because if you have a, a TV show from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s that you really enjoyed that were pretty popular, it's probably on there. Uh, it's got all kinds of different sports, video gaming, anime. Like It has a ton of stuff on there, and it's completely free. So you don't have to have a cable package. You don't have to have a streaming service to pay for. You just download the app, and you've... Got a ton of on-demand movies, ton of TV shows. In fact, I've got a TV that's been on for a couple weeks now just playing One Piece on a loop because they have a channel that's just One Piece. Oh, that's kind of cool. I would say for those that have uh, Netflix, uh, the Fool Me Once series, um, it's a murder mystery. It's super um, cool. Like you'll get completely engaged in it. It's, an, it's a limited series, so there's only like eight or nine or maybe it's ten episodes all under an hour. Um, so it is a commitment if you're going to you know, sort of sit down and watch it, but it's not – 
there's not seasons, I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, it's not over-sexualized. It's not over-gory. There's a few unfortunate words, but they're not saturated. So it's something, if you're worried about having it on while the kids are around, as long as the kids aren't sitting and watching it with you because it is intense in some places, um, then, you know, it's a good one to sort of have on, which is we enjoyed it, uh, both my so husband and I. So it's binge-worthy. It is binge-worthy. If you like murder mysteries that aren't, you know, also, you know, in the other, they, you know, they don't show too much of anything else because <laughs> there's plenty of that on on the streaming devices at this uh, at this point um, that's more family-friendly uh, than, yeah. I mean, but it's a real good one. It left us completely clueless up until maybe the last two episodes it really starts to unfold so it really keeps your and keeps you engaged and guessing and there's some twists and turns to where you're like wow just didn't see that coming and it's a nice kind of um yeah it's just a fun watch something if you want again veg out and sort of binge over the weekend Dwayne and brandon on the ceasefire text line said sounds kind of nerdy but i like to put the fireplace scene with general muse going hey there you go if you don't have a fireplace, it can it does something for your I don't know not not esteem. What's the word I'm looking for for your, just your ambiance? Well, yeah, I guess ambiance is one of them, but it's the just your the environment, your general well being. You you feel better about life if you're sitting in front of a fireplace. And if you don't have a fireplace, you can put it on your TV. Last weekend, I sat on the back porch next to a fire and watched a movie. I will not be doing that this weekend. <laughs> So I will bring that fire. No, inside. just put it on Pluto TV and go to the Unsolved Mysteries channel, where it's nonstop Unsolved Mysteries, twenty four hours a day. Sounds amazing. All right, stick with us though. We got more for you coming up next. You got the boys with sports talk from three to six. Rhino and I'll meet you back here Monday at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.